When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello. all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Welcome to the Challenge World Championships Wrap Up Podcast for Episode Three. I am Brian Cohn. Here with me, as always, is my co-host Alice. Ali, how are you? Ali, what? I don't know. I told you my brain is not fully functioning. I'm tired. I'm a little sick. It's not great over here. Okay, I'm trying to power through. I would sit out challenges like uh, Claire for food, but I can't. I was oh. just going to tell you, I have not watched Survivor yet. Okay, okay. Well, that's not a spoiler because that happens every week. What's well, I screw? Well, now you, sp- I covered it up so I didn't hear. And then when you said it happens every week, now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> you know what's so funny? As you were saying, you're like foggy or not doing so great, whatever. I was going to, I was thinking immediately about myself. And I was going to be like, I got to tell him right now at the top that I haven't seen Survivor because he's going to mention it, not yes. thinking about it at some point. And then oh. as I thought that, you did it. But yes, I'm doing okay. good. Fun episode. Um, resetting the board. So we're going to be back <laughs> on a normal. ask you how you were. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just assuming it was implied. I'm assuming it was implied. Oh, uh, but yeah. Reset the board for episode four. We're starting fresh. This will be good. Um, yeah. I, so you know what's funny? I found myself very excited to watch this episode. I tweeted about this, I think, in promotion of our podcast last week. But I really didn't mean it. Like, I'm really excited about this season, way more so than Challenge CBS. We'll see how long this lasts. And I'm finding myself like looking forward to watching the episode, which sounds like a low bar, but with all of the TV available to us, I feel like sometimes even shows that I love can feel like a slog to, or you know, I push them behind other shows. Mm -hmm. I was jazzed, and I have to shout out the listeners. The quality of questions this week, like I really feel like people who are watching this are engaged. Slay, big slay. So it's so interesting. I I wish I could put out like a, I think it would be skewed on my Twitter, but I would love to know the people that watch Challenge USA 
Like how many of them, A, if they had never watched it before, did they carry that over to the new challenge season? Or if, you know, if they only really watched that, how many of them are carrying over to Paramount Plus? Or is this now back to like the core? I feel like All Stars is a very like core challenge fandom. I don't know if this is again like that core group or if there are people from the CBS or international pools that watch these people like these people. Are they going out of their way to watch this season? Okay, if you are a listener to the podcast, which is, you said about Twitter, is skewed. this is definitely skewed. If you're mm-hmm. a listener to the podcast and you are not a normal, regular MTV Challenge viewer, write in and explain your viewership. It's linked at my Twitter at Lash Tweets. Yeah, um, I would lo- especially I would love to know if you had never watched a show and like USA brought you in. Because I feel like that was what they were hoping to do when they obviously brought the other shows on and USA was kind of like the supercharged version of that. And then I wonder if people stayed with the show or if the final turned them off or if they just got bored of the show. I don't know. I would love to know the focus group answer of that. It's funny on NGOG. We put that out once of like, maybe we just said like, nobody's listening who doesn't like know us from RHAP. And then like people have trickled in writing like, no, I just Googled like a surprising number of people are like, I just Googled new girl podcast and I've been listening and I have no idea what you're ever talking about, but I still listen. <laughs> and that's that amazing. Up, like, probably like once every month or so we get a new person who's like hitting that episode in season one of the podcast and writing to us yeah that's great maybe this will happen for an undetermined amount of time that people will write in and be like i'm from argentina and i love the challenge argentina and brian Mm -hmm. said that argentina flopped and it was a big sleigh yeah what's funny is for like the the vanderpump rules stuff i never really watched pump rules left in the pump rules podcast so i did a lot of like Googling the like Vanderpump Rules podcast. And a couple like the people that I listened to who are like regular people at the start were like, I bet we have a lot of new people listening this week. So let's just do a, a reset intro of who we are, which I found to be kind of funny. Um, so maybe if there's like a big week episode, we should do like a let's do a reset as to who uh you know Brian and Ali are doing this show. I feel like we did that um maybe when we joined Rob to talk about like the challenge CBS, Probably. like thinking that we'd get a lot of like those years. Now I was afraid of those years. So congratulations <laughs> to the VPR people for welcoming in the mess chasers. So did you catch the intro this week? The fun, you know what? That country. <laughs> Would you believe I didn't? I completely <laughs> forgot. Cause it was right there. It was right there. Front and center again. It's amazing. But I watched on at six a.m. on Wednesday. Were you impressed by that? I was very impressed. Well, so this <laughs> does this drop like three a.m. or do you think this is a midnight drop? Um, it's crazy. I, I only know from like Molly with Netflix that it's usually based on like Pacific time when the streamers drop. But I don't know. I hope to never need to find that out. Right. But um, no, I did. I rarely give you a window of time where I'm like, mm-hmm. I've watched the episode well in advance. And I'm available. <laughs> I, I, I need an hour and a half to watch the episode. I've always said I never understood why they do like the midnight. I know there's got to be a reason for it, but I don't get why, especially for a reality show like this. And then even more so for like the premiere and the in the finale. Why don't they just say like it's dropping like eight o'clock Eastern at night to let people kind of watch it together as a community? I, I've never understood why they feel the need to make it always like that midnight or three a.m., six a.m. drop. Which community are you prioritizing here? Because you're betraying us as a community of podcasters. It's very convenient that they drop it at midnight the day that it comes out. I guess so. I guess so. But, but I for the Twitter the community, the Twitter community is what I'm focused on. Um, speaking people. of the Twitter community, I feel like we should acknowledge this at the top and maybe five and a half or six minutes into the podcast isn't no longer the top. But um, so Nelson was in a horrific car accident and has been 
I, did you hear about it first through Nelson or had you heard the week prior because of the football player? I, I mean, I heard, I didn't really read much into it. I heard this player saved someone um, from like a burning car like, or like an incident. I heard something happened, but I didn't like think literally anything of it. Like I barely read, like I think I saw a headline about it. And even when I saw Nelson's post, I didn't even like reconnect it. Like, Oh my God, that, that was this. And then when, you see the article and this and it all comes together it was stunning to see that uh it was connected to like a bike football player and an uber driver and all that stuff pretty wild story so yeah i think all we know or all i know at this hour is that nelson was in a car accident on sunday like two sundays ago um yeah so i think yeah i think his latest thing was in that he's been in the hospital for 10 days something like 10 or 11 days so um i think that traces back to last sunday saturday night sunday morning time frame yeah, I think it was like the football player was coming back from a workout and basically saw a man in a car that was lit on fire, like under a bridge. And it was freaking Nelson. Crazy. And four people like got together and pulled him out of this wreckage. And he is in horrific physical condition and requires like multiple surgeries. There's a GoFundMe out if people feel like they want to support. Um, and it's a miracle he's alive. It is like an absolute miracle Absolutely. that Nelson is alive. No, it's 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 an unbelievable story. It's the, the put the, the, those two connected to have like this these stories happen is is crazy. I'm glad to see that he's you know he's at least posted on Instagram. He seems like he's in recovery, hopefully. But the the injuries look horrible. Some of the images he put up there look really scary, look really painful. But the fact that you know he's okay. Um, Love to see if there's, I don't know if they do like a reunion for this show. Maybe they, he does like a zoom in just to like touch base and show his face to everyone and let everyone send their you know, love and support his way, which would be really cool. But it, it was a horrific, horrific situation. Yeah. So we're pulling for Nelson. We're grateful he's okay. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting, not that anyone's getting here. I really do think if anybody can, it almost reminds me, honestly, of like TJ. And like we have that iconic scene of TJ yeah. walking back into like the challenge arena after his terrible injury. And like Theo now we have like back after like what we thought would be maybe a challenge ending injury. Like I think if anybody has the the stamina and the drive and the heart, we'll really test like put his uh expertise to good use. It's Nelson. Yeah. So if he's at any point able and ready and interested like we look forward to uh that moment and welcoming nelson back but it's it's really just for someone whose physicality is like the main part of their job too it's also like so yep. heartbreaking for him yep absolutely but he's got a a lot of people looking out for him he's obviously pretty well liked amongst all the challenge people um so i think he'll have a lot of support a lot of people willing to chip in and lend a hand in his uh road to recovery um, so we'll be talking a lot about Nelson this week. Not much more probably about Nelson the rest of the season. No, but hopefully not. again soon. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully soon. The main I think story. So you mentioned that they put us back on track, which like thank God I have at the top of my notes. Shout out to the good people at P Plus and everyone involved for putting us back on a regular schedule. Don't let me rescind this thanks by putting yep. another to be continued next week. Um, but sort of a consequence. I'm of two minds. One consequence is that we basically had 75% of the episode about the decision of who's going to get put into an elimination between Kellyanne and um, Tristan and Jody and Benha. Now, I did like that we got an opportunity 
to like really learn more about the other people. I feel like I'm learning their names. Like there is a bigger learning curve here than a lot of seasons in terms of the cast. Yep. But it was a little slow to me. And I found myself being like, why are we acting like this is a decision? Even though it ended up being a decision, I guess. Yeah, I kind of had the same vibes. If it obviously was a much slower paced episode, there was no daily. It was just this, the one elimination, and even the elimination itself was wasn't even that long. It didn't take up that much chunk of a time. Um, but I think I think in the moment I found it slow. I was like, all right, let's move this along. This could have been like a half hour episode, even. But I think in retrospect, looking back on it, I did appreciate it more because, like you said, getting getting to spend time with people that we don't really know much at all. And I feel like that's been a little bit of a problem with some of the more recent challenge seasons, despite the fact that there are so many episodes, the, the episodes themselves are always focused on what is happening at that time. So it's whoever wins it daily, whoever's going into elimination. And we don't really get a chance to get to know some of the new people until it's their time to go home, basically. So I did like that. We got the, Watch some of them just kick it and just kind of hang out. We got a little backstory into some of the dating histories in the past, some of the rivalries of the past. So it was nice to just kind of hang out with these people a little bit rather than have it all just be like game focused, voting focused. I I ultimately think that's where I come out to. I agree with you. My one gripe is um gripe. I was gonna say grievance or complaint, but it's gripe, but I like it. Um my one gripe is I for all of the time we had. I still feel like not only did I feel like I walked out of the show not understanding the story of why John A made the decision she made. And I'm saying John A, not John A and Grant, because I think Grant tells us it's John A's full decision. Yep. Um, but I was so confused by it that I sought out explanations. I followed John A on Twitter, which I arguably should have been doing anyway. I went to her Instagram. Not just after I watched the episode, days later, I was like searching for her to be like, this isn't how it went down. Because honestly, like when the elimination happened and they said Kellyanne and Tristan's names, I was so confused by it. I was like, this John A is too good of a player and too good of a social game player for this to have been the way it happened. That I I was searching for more like, where's the shit they should have shown? Like, this made Uh no sense to me. So did you find that she put out a tweet? Did anyone put out a tweet saying there's nothing? No, but this is why I think thank our great listeners because we could basically do this whole podcast with these five questions I pulled that I'm going to ask you because it seems like we were all on the same page. I think the answer is in the like cracks of this episode, but they just could have told a straightforward story. And instead, I think they made Kellyanne last week look paranoid when she had reason to be, and they made John A look like a bad social game player and sort of like a backstabber when she didn't need to be. I think the prevailing theory is it was in the clip they showed of Tori and Casey and John A saying about Wes, like she's mad at you too. Like it's not just me that the entire legends team wanted Kellyanne in and John A didn't want to rock the boat, but like, tell me that story then more clearly. Yeah. That's, that was the reason that, I came out of it as well that in her mind she was balancing all right I'm gonna have people mad at me no matter who I vote in obviously so if I just vote in Kellyanne yeah she's gonna be mad but she's gonna be the only one and everyone else is gonna be on board with it including the eliminated team with Nelson putting his hair up in his special code about who he wants to go in up against as well so he John A would have had 
every, the entire house on her side backing her up with her decision. And in her mind, that was worth, uh, you know, fracturing any trust or loyalty she had with a potential ally. But here is where the big like gaping holes are for me is like one. Why do we not see one conversation with Jody and John a those two players are too good to not have had a conversation. I know that conversation happened. Where was it? It wasn't just Jody talking shit about her partner doing nothing. (laughs) Like I just, I didn't get that edit. And then why is John a making this deal with Kellyanne? Yep. Why is she not being forthcoming? Like, why is she choosing to blindside her and not saying and and gaslighting her? Basically, like, I think she should gaslight her, but it should be in the reverse. She instead is like, well, you told everyone you betrayed me. She's attacking me like she constructed this narrative like she wasn't betraying her friend. She being John A. And that to me was very unsuccessful. Why not say to Kellyanne, I want to ride with you in this game. I don't know what to do. The house wants you in. Like, I'm going to be jeopardizing both of our games if I don't send you in. Like, tell me what to do. And I feel like Kellyanne would be like, I don't want you to hurt your game for me. Like, I'll go in. Or something. Like, why not tell her? I don't want you to be blindsided. Like, I know Kellyanne could be a tornado. But who cares? Let her spiral out and dig her own grave. Yeah, I don't know if she would have been okay uh, with her saying, I'm going to vote you in. I think that might have gone poorly. Um, but I, I think that is the better move. What's funny was I was fully expecting, like you said, when it came to elimination, that it was going to be Jody. And if anything, I thought John A would have had already done enough damage to the relationship with Kelly and that it had almost reached the point in my mind where she should just vote her in because she seemingly had already damaged the trust anyway by entertaining it to such a degree. But then that conversation, it did seem like they were such on such good terms, especially Kellyanne being like, okay, like I can put, uh, put it aside that you were really strongly considering voting me in. I want to work with you. Let's do this. That it, I thought John A had done enough to repair that relationship. And then I was, again, doubly confused and, and surprised to see her actually vote her in because John A did such a good job of convincing Gillian and us as the viewers that she was not going to do that. Here's a question from Josh Green. Back in All Stars 2, John A specifically has a confessional saying how Jody can beat her in a final. Kellyanne is her friend. If you put Jody in, you have two Argentina teams against each other early. How is that a hard decision? It seems like 10 times out of 10, Jody should be going here. And then Caitlin G says, do you think Johnny's decision to put Kellyanne in was pushed by the majority of the house? My question is not only from Johnny's perspective, but why do you think if it is the case that all the legends wanted Kellyanne in, why do you think that is? I just think they don't like her. I, I think that's what I think she rubs people the wrong way. She's pretty abrasive. She could be I think she was right to be paranoid, but I think the way she was going about it, I think it rub people the wrong way. I think this group of legends is pretty clicky. Kellyanne's not really in that click. Um, I just think they don't like her is really what it comes down to. And I know they keep pressing on Kellyanne's like honesty to a fault that she like told Tori to her face that she should be targeting the Americans, which is Tori's team. And that like the stronger teams should go first. So Kellyanne would be targeting them. But like, one, are they really closer with Jody and Benhunt than the Argentinian team? Like, a hundred percent, Jody would probably take the same actions that Kellyanne is saying. And also, like, Kellyanne, I think on All Stars used to get targeted because she was a big threat. But realistically, after what we've seen on All Stars, and even after what we've seen here, 
Kellyanne cannot complete a puzzle and her partner timed out during the puzzle in the, the testing round. So they are probably combined the least threatening team because you will not win a final without an ability to solve a puzzle. And they just don't have it. So like, I'm really not impressed by the legends who are supposed to be these like strategic masterminds who are just kind of like what they do to Amber making a personal decision over a good strategic gameplay decision. Yeah. And for, for Johnny, when you, when you hear Kellyanne be like, I want to go after the strong teams, that should be music to your ears because that gives, that allows someone else to do the dirty work that you don't have to. If Johnny wants to keep the peace and keep everyone happy, having Kellyanne be the one that if she were to win is going to go after some of your biggest threats. And then you could be like, Oh, Kellyanne did it. I can't, I can't believe she would do that. I don't know why she would do something like that. That's so wrong of her. Like you can then keep your hands clean from that situation. So Kellyanne, I feel like in like a little sloppy ish ways, but I feel like she was saying the right things to Johnny to keep her there. And I, I was very surprised that it didn't work. Maybe she thought that if Jody, that like Jody, because I do think this, that both Jody and Benha and Kellyanne and um, Tristan were probably likely to be, well, in the elimination we saw, we definitely have beaten them. I don't know if it was just like a headbang or what would have happened, but maybe she thought, okay, if the team I put in comes back, Kellyanne and Tristan are the least likely to ever be in power to harm me, or I can still kind of get Kellyanne's heartstrings going and salvage it. Whereas Jody, I would make an enemy out of, but she, again, she didn't play it with any finesse of like trying to maintain her relationship with Kellyanne that we saw. Like, I have to believe John A did better than this. I just, it's not what we saw. Yeah, to not see the single conversation with with Jody and Jeanne feels like a huge missing piece of this. Like, if you're going to do this and you're going to, you know, betray your seemingly closest ally to go along with the house, how do you not show the scene of Jeanne and Jody, at least even if it's fake, coming to some sort of agreement? Like, all right, I am protecting you here, Jody. Now, if you're in power, I would expect you to do the same. Like, let's work this out. Let's, you know, let's make a pact to, like, work together. Like, how how is that that conversation had to have happened in some degree and to not include it is, is a huge missing piece. Yeah, like the story they were selling were was Kellyanne's kooky and crazy and hurting Johnny's game and she has to make a decision between her friend or her like benefit to her in the game. And that's just not the story that was happening. And so that yeah. frustrated me that we spent 45 minutes on a story that just to me didn't read tr- ring true. No, I Um, really agree. One question about the uh, motivation of the other legends, uh, or really about Casey, Grant says, not the Grant on the show, well, maybe the Grant on the show, says, between the social stuff in episodes one and two and the flashback pushing Kellyanne to John A., Oh, like push it like to put Kellyanne pushing John A to put Kellyanne in. Is this the most we've seen of the mechanism behind Casey's game? Yeah, Casey's been really uh I mean that's definitely compared to some of her other seasons. That been very involved in a lot of the social conversations to the point that I have to show them. Um, I think we're seeing a little bit as to how she's able to build some of her bonds. I think we talked about it a lot uh last week. So this is it's been a new Casey to some degree this season, and it's been, you know, kind of fun to watch. I agree. I, I, I wish we've complained about this with MTV shows in the past, like chat versions of the versions of the challenge. Like, don't show me things in confessional. I mean, Survivor does that too. Like, 
I mean, after the fact, like, I want to see some, some of that's fun. But in this case, I was like, wow, I would have loved to see that conversation with Tori and Casey as John A was actually making the decision and not just, oh, here's why it makes sense after we spent all of this time showing you why it doesn't. Um, I also, if, <laughs> I did like this episode and I feel like I'm just airing a lot of gripes. It's the word of the day. Like the pitch that Tori and Casey were making to Janae, the limited information we saw was Kellyanne's going to go after the strong teams. And that means you, Janae, you're one of the strongest teams. Like Janae is too smart for that. I don't yeah. believe that's why she put her in. And I wish we got Janae saying to confessional, like I need to appeal to the veteran Alliance, the like legend Alliance. I don't believe Kellyanne would come for me, but I have to like assert my place or whatever, because Everybody says that the, that is like challenge 101. The weaker team's argument for not getting put in is don't you want to keep me around to go against me? Don't yeah. you want to put in a stronger team? That's not the team in power. I just thought that was a crazy argument for Casey and Tori to try to be making. And I wanted to see John A like swat that down, not seem like she succumbed to it. Succumbed, whatever. Yeah, I, you know, don't I, ask I, me. I don't care. I, I completely agree because if. If John A had saved Kellyanne here, as Wes uh, says about Kellyanne, she's, I think he said the phrase, eerily loyal. Like, she would have rode to the end with John A 100% by if uh, if Kellyanne protected her, if John A protected Kellyanne here. So, like, yeah, maybe if Kellyanne wins the next seven challenges in a row and she gets to cut out all these other people and then it's near the end and she gets to decide about who to cut with John A, maybe at that point she might think, like, oh, John A's won twice, I want to get rid of her. But that is very much a very unlikely situation. I think there'll be plenty of people that Kellyanne would look towards to cut uh, later on in the, in the season, well before she would look to to get out of John A. And look, I don't know what this final is going to look like, and if it's going to skew more towards an All Star final, if it's going to skew towards more a typical final. Hopefully, it skews as far away from a USA final as possible. But like, and John A is amazing, and those were real finals, and they were hard. But the peer, as we've discussed, the All Stars competition is not Tori and Casey. So if John A's plan should be to go to the final with Jody and Kellyanne, you can beat them. You've beat them before, or you have a better chance going to the final against Tori and Casey. I'm not saying John A can't beat them, but why would you want to try? Yep. No, I, I completely agree. The, the rationale makes no sense. And I would have loved to hear the confessional or the conversation from John A afterwards. And if she, even if it was as, like, she, was able to use this Nelson thing a little bit to kind of skirt by, but no one's going to believe that. And and John A has to know no one's going to believe like, oh, Nelson convinced me to do it because he put his hair up at the elimination. Like no one's going to buy that. So I would have loved to hear a real explanation from her as to what her long game, you know, rationale was for this decision. Um, and yeah, maybe ultimately she just didn't care. She was like, Kellyanne's not going to add value to me. She's going to drag me down because people don't like her, like you said. And so. I'll work out my friendship with her in the real world. I she's like not useful to me in this game, like a la Brad and Nehemiah on All Stars, where it's yep. like we're just not working together, but our friendship is going to be fine after this. You can't always work with your friends. Yeah, I'll say this though: like if one of if they really are good friends, and Johnny was like, I can't believe she would like throw away our friendship just because I'm gonna like vote her in. It's like. You have the entire cast. Like this is the episode one. I know you have a choice between two different, only two teams. But if you're really that close of friends, like that's, if you very laissez faire, just be like, oh, we're 
we're good friends, but they can get by with me throwing her in the game for $500,000. I feel like if that was my friend, I would be very pissed. And I feel like that is almost worthy of losing a friend over. Like if my friend did that to me week one, that seems crazy to me. Oh, I've been, I've been a lot more mad for a lot less crimes, but, (laughs) but like, yeah, I mean, it is crazy. And that's what I mean. Like, especially in the way she did it, the blind side, the we're going to work together. No, we're not. Yes, we are. And now you're in like, again, like come hat in hand to her and say like the entire, I hate to tell you this, the entire house is telling me I have to put you in. Like, what should I do? And even if she's like, don't put me in, don't put me in. Like, at least you're building sort of a sympathetic case like you care john a wrote her off like a crazy person at least again in the edit we've seen like i have to hear from john a on this because i just i can't believe it she's too good for this kind of edit yeah yeah and the visual of kelly <laughs> just walking back in with like her uh luggage rolling over with uh, john a laying in the bed was a very funny scene uh at the end of it but that was a funny visual yeah i also thought again like i don't want to throw gaslighting around but the like john a's energy towards her was so unfair like it was so valid and don't tell me john a would understand if the situation were reversed yeah it was it felt it did feel very like i am the two-time winner you are the no-time winner i am the the queen here like this is what my decision is and it, it did feel very dismissive at that point it's a slip up it's a slip up based on what we saw again not, normally i'm not this like worried about what actually happened versus what we saw but i just like I kind of can't believe it, especially when like social gameplay is, uh, I mean, another big part strength that part of Johnny's social game is she can kind of read where the majority is going and get be a part of it and like yeah. work that to her advantage. But at the same time, like we've seen her ride or die so hard for some of her alliances, like with MJ, for example, like it just seems so out of her character to like cut somebody so viciously. Yeah, that's the part again. Like I think yeah, I, we're in total agreement. It's it's not even that she voted her in. It's that she built her up to be safe and had this whole conversation. And I think that that was Kellyanne's point at the end. She was like, "Why do we have this like conversation four hours ago where you're like you're one hundred percent safe? You're not going in. Like we're into the end together. Like don't worry." She was like, "Why why would you do that?" And yeah, I think if she's explained it exactly how we laid out, like. The whole house is against me. I can't torpedo my game. I have to vote you in, but I'm pulling for you to win. I'll try to help you in the elimination, try to win. And then, you know, maybe we could work on repairing some of your relationships together when you're back in the house so we can try to form like a new new coalition to go at this together. But I just have to do this. Yeah, I, maybe she would be pissed at the moment, but she would be much less pissed than if you, you know, built her up just to rip her back down. Um, Let's talk about. The, sort of the motivations behind the other legends like of of getting wanting to get rid of Kellyanne because it's not just <coughs> excuse me sorry whoops that's you that's ah. the spring you. the spring it's, spring allergies are coming out well if I'm being honest I'm in my slime era and I'm playing with slime right now I think it's what <laughs> um so <laughs> Emily um, Emily has uh what she calls I think the therapy goo or whatever it's like a pack <laughs> of goo that she just like plays around with at her desk yeah millennial women dealing with anxiety you know um so uh so funny i like slime marrow um i think that is the 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 difference between me and emily is that she would call it like an adult name with constructive help and i'm like a five-year-old child (laughs) i I could be totally making up that name i know there's an exact name for it but again in my head that's what i call it and then i'm sure there is even a more formal name than that I was almost coming in with a decent segue, but no. So like 
we get a sort of peek behind the strategy curtain when Danny and Ben and Tori are talking. And, you know, Tori kind of says, oh, we made promises as legends kind of coming into this game seemingly before they knew the format. And now we can't keep those promises because, like, we're all on different teams. But if Wes or Jordan touches me and Casey, that's a wrap. Victoria says, have we seen either of them close with Wes before? Was this interesting to you, this little strategy reveal? A little bit. Um, I mean, it's tough to get a full sense of it because yeah, with the voting dynamics it's not necessarily just like touching one team like you're for the most part it's going to be voting along with the whole house to put in two teams and you're only really having to make that decision if you win so i do wonder for some of these teams that are playing both sides are we going to kind of see more of like what we saw for 38 where people aren't really trying to win because that way they're not having to be the one to pick a side and put one team in they can kind of just go along with the house and do more of a group vote well that's Wes's favorite thing to claim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bananas did a better job mentioning it during the show than Wes has ever done, but um, maybe that's not true. Anyway, um, I, I do think it's interesting that this little foursome is emerging because that sort of makes like the reason I was segueing into this before I sneezed over my slime is uh, Wes and Kellyanne have a really close relationship, which is discussed on the last few episodes. And it's not like Kellyanne is alone on an island with John A. It's just Wes is now, as he said with the great confessional of him and Zara, we're what? Playing both sides. Yeah. And so he can't step out to put his neck out for Kellyanne. But it's just interesting that that's where the chips are falling, that he's sort of getting into bed with Kellyanne and Tori, which does feel a bit random. It does. I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say they have a close relationship. I think they have a history, but... I don't think if they're on the same season together, people are like, oh, Wes and Kellyanne are definitely working together. I think they would work together if it's convenient for them, but I don't think they would at all be thinking going into a season, oh, we're, we got each other's backs. Oh, really? Because I feel like that's what they that's what they were pushing in the last two episodes, is that like we dated for this many years, we're very close, and John A says, like, she's pissed at you too, like, that there's a bond there. I think there's a bond, but I think there's a difference between like just like I think, I, look, if push games, I think West would choose other, look to vote in other people before Kellyanne, but I wouldn't say like they're anywhere near each other's number ones, number twos, or number threes. I think they're just like out of respect, look out for each other because they have a history of you know being exes from just a long, long time ago at this point. I think at least last episode too, it seemed like Wes didn't want Kellyanne to go in, but he didn't push that hard, and I think that's where it goes back to like. He doesn't want to be in Janae's position because he set himself up with his pregame calls, like that he's locked in with the newer era of um, legends. And he's still like soft locked with Kellyanne and Janae, such that it doesn't really matter what happens. And he's lucky he's not Janae and Grant. And maybe, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Janae that she always wants to win. But like, yeah, did she kind of hose herself here? Maybe. Yeah, and, I, and the worry I do have with like a, a larger group forming, it, it, it gives me even more thought that I feel like the voting dynamics should be reversed because at this point, the, why I think it's so great when you have like the one team that wins, they could pick a team to go in, is it does give that like at any given Sunday, like the team that's ostracized could have the power and they could throw a team in that's like from the top of the heap of the other other group. But if you have a large group of four or five teams, like they can basically just control the house vote now 
um, no matter what. So unless one of them lose, they're never going to go in no matter who wins because they could just control the two teams that are going to go into the pool for the winner to, to decide who goes in. So I wish the winner had the power to pick the two teams and then have the house vote. I, I think that would have been a much more fun and interesting dynamic than the way they're doing it now because it does set themselves up in that group of like four or five teams that can really just control things for the most part. And at the very least, like going back to what you said, which I didn't notice last week, is like whether they have an individual, whether the team should have an individual vote in the house vote or a group one, because like it seems like the hope that of the season having sort of like a counterpoint is in Sarah and Danny and Ben's hands and like the Argentinians, but like, are they really going to be able to sort of do that when their legends aren't on board? Right. Exactly. And I think you could still have like the individual dynamic vote between the two teams where you know, the one team votes one in from one country, another from another country. And you can have like that individual dynamic still playing out without with still giving like an any given Sunday mentality of whoever wins can decide who goes in. Yeah, no, agreed. I think we're going to come into some friction there. Um, but a question sort of about whether there should be division between the teams. Carla says, does Danny realize this isn't Survivor? Targeting your partner's number one because they might choose them over me in a pair's game seems so misguided, especially so early in the game. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, unless he's still in the mindset of, you know, the algorithm. Sorry. Hey, Sonny. You know, he's still in the mindset of like the algorithm. Things might change. Maybe he's expecting things to change as it gets down to it. Um, so there's always that possibility. Sorry. If anyone even moves outside this house, something gets very upset. It's honestly so interesting hearing him bark in a house versus an apartment. It feels like much further away, much more echoey. I could tell you have a lot more space. <laughs> yeah, and, there, and there's some still empty space, which allows the echo to travel <laughs> even more. Um, yeah, I do think there's this weird dynamic that Danny is building between him and Tori with Jordan. Like, you should be happy that you're paired with somebody who has such a loyal um, partner alliance in the house. I agree, though, that um, like I, like the only way it would kind of come in is if like Tori and Danny were in an elimination and he wanted Jordan for some reason and Tori was like, no, don't put Jordan down or Danny doesn't want to run the final against Jordan and Tori wants to because she doesn't care so much about her own individual money. Like maybe that's more of it. But I agree, it is giving like a concern that it becomes an individual or a shake-up game and then like you're not my partner. But then it's like, well, then make a better bond with your partner. Like anybody yep. could really not. If Tristan and Kellyanne separated tomorrow, they wouldn't look out for each other. No, no, they would not. Do you, do you think we're getting a switch-up? I feel like these pairs are here to stay for the whole show. No, I don't think we're getting a switch-up. I just think like to your point of him being used to the algorithm, like he might be thinking about it like that. Yeah. Even if it's not going to happen. Because we what? Don't know the rules as we're playing the game. (laughs) Was I supposed to follow it up with that exact phrase? Like, you did? No, never mind. No, you think I'm setting you up for a bit? No, all my own, all my setups are for myself. I'm I'm Tori. (laughs) What do you make of them? You have to get rid of me. I'm my own number one. (laughs) It it still always throws me off when. there's some cursing, some F-bombs being dropped. I feel some of them are kind of forced just to sound kind of tough. That they're just saying the F, you know, just to say it for fun. Um, it, it, it doesn't feel natural a lot of the times. 
I'm so sorry. I never normally admit this, but Matt Lagori put something so funny in our chat and it got distracted. Say that one more time. Shout out to the challenge. Oh my God. And series involved. Shout out it's to the chaos. challenge. It's uh, chaos in the streets. Do, do, you fi- do you find the cursing natural in the confessionals? I find it a little cringeworthy sometimes. The cursing? You know, I didn't notice any cursing because I'm such a potty mouth. Like it just feels at home. Did someone yeah. curse? A few, a few. Tori dropped a couple f bombs in um in some of her confessionals. Some other people too. I noticed it with Tori just because it it felt the most unnatural um uh, coming for her from her for some reason. So it just like stood out like oh this just feels like you're just trying just to sound edgy by dropping like an f bomb. Do you curse a lot? Uh I feel like I used to a lot more. I feel like I've it's slowed down as I've gotten older and mature. I usually save it more for like, you know, big sporting events because I'm also a child at heart. So, you know, Yankees blow a big lead. There will be an F-bomb that is exuded from my presence. But for the most part, I, I feel like I, I've slowed it down. Hmm. Okay. Do I give big uh, cursing energy? No, I, I just didn't. I, I guess I don't notice when people curse. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I used to curse on this podcast more and then decided I didn't want that in the ether. And mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't like curse in professional settings i guess i've made this professional that would be well, cool. booked, like, work emails. Saying curse, i didn't even notice <laughs> well, we should be able to just curse at work emails be like what the f are you doing you stupid effing idiot on this project that would be so much fun well that's more abuse than <laughs> <laughs> like it's like we got the effing account like that's okay. cursing at work i guess Say that's true <laughs> you're an idiot. Whether is abuse <laughs> we, you know, you say people say it in their heads plenty of times, but I guess yeah, they don't say it. In the I've gotten okay. more mature, and I'd like to curse people out at work. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pick up my anxiety goo. What you yeah, therapy buddy. I, I I dig it in with the in my with my fingers in the poo. That's what I do. What? <laughs> oh, it's a survivor. <laughs> the way you said it was so gross. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh, here's something you mentioned about Nelson's oh. little technique. He's like, I'm going to put my hair up if I yeah. want um, Kellyanne's team. And I'm going to leave my hair down when I see the elimination if I want Ben Han Jody. Yep. In what world? Because then we get the confessional. There's so many things going on here. There's Ben Han Huhui, who don't want to go against each other, Argentina strong. Then there's Jody, who just doesn't want to go in, but frankly would love for Ben Han to go home, seemingly, <laughs> without her. And then there's the confessional we get with Nelson and Huhui, where they're like, we don't want to go against Argentina. We want to go against Kellyanne and Tristan. And all of this goes to like, is there a world where Nelson was ever going to leave his hair down and call for the co-Argentinian to go in? And even if so, like, what do you think of this strategy? I mean, John A says it comes off a little arrogant, but also like no one's going to be making their real decision on the fly. If you want to make your pitch for who to go in, make your pitch for who you want to go in. Yeah. I mean, we've seen people do this before where um, we more so seen it. I feel like when it's the people in power, when it's like, it was the red skull era, when they could have the decision, if they wanted to go in to get their skull and they're going to do it based off, you know, what the elimination looked like. But for the most part, and I feel like we've said this a lot, outside of like the couple of iconic eliminations, it is almost impossible to really judge what you're doing in a challenge elimination based on just what the setup is. Unless there's like a pole on the ground or the hall or like the, the rope knot maze, like 
those things you know what you're doing for the most part these things are pretty new and unique that uh, there's no real way to judge the skill set you don't have the percentage breakdown scorecard right in hand and you can like match up <laughs> about whose strength and weakness is you you rather match up at this point so it's going to be very rare that you can actually pinpoint it and i i think nelson uh, maybe it was to give him a little like 40 chess credit i feel like maybe he was then trying to the way that he was that John A was gonna like blame the decision on Nelson, he was gonna blame the decision on, oh, I just thought I didn't really care either way. I just thought this elimination matched up best for me to go against you, Kellyanne. And that's why I did it, not for any alliance or strategic reasons. I just this is who I thought I would do, you know, best against me, maybe. But Nelson doesn't owe Kellyanne anything, and it's who who he didn't want to go against Benha. Like it's built in. He doesn't need an excuse. I think the last person Kellyanne would be bad about is Nelson. And either way, one of them is going home. So, like, I guess in the world where John A puts Jody in and he campaigned to get Kellyanne, it's like, I don't think there's any love loss there. And it's like, well, you're the other option was my partner's team. Right. No, look, it, none of it made sense. It was just, it's, it's a very <laughs> funny visual to see like Nelson trying to like play Godfather with like, I'm going to put my hair up da, 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 and John A. The commercials like, Nelson, do whatever you want, but like, I'm not making my decision based off that. And then they should have done like the jump cut of John A. being in bed, being like, well, Nelson told me to do it. You know, that's, that's, that's why I based my decisions off of uh, Nelson's, this, you know, hair, hairstyle. Which is frankly more insulting. Like, what relationship right. do John A. and Nelson exactly. have? Like, you're gonna honor Nelson by putting me in? Like, that is so ridiculous. And but what relationship, and like, and also, her and, what relationship do her and Jody have either? Nelson thought, at least they've done seasons together. Like, Nelson thought he could beat you, and I wanted to honor that. Like, right. that's giving Nelson what he wants is sending me home. So that's even, I think, more offensive. But what's funny is, and I sympathize with Nelson, I do think like he would have called for them anyway. But to your point about not being able to discern what the challenges are is like, this kind of looked puzzly because the shapes, it was like different shapes and colors. But ironically, it ends up being a much better option for Kellyanne and Tristan because of like their height and weight, like distribution. Whereas I believe Ben looks like a little shorter to me. Like, I feel like he would have been a better person to have against than yep. Tristan here. Yeah, and I don't even think the last part of it was even a puzzle, right? It was just, like, stacking it. Together. No, just stacking it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it even, like, matter. for a specific order. So, yeah, this was all about the uh, the technique. And, yeah, poor Nelson. I mean, the guy, I mean, everyone's yelling at him. This is why, this is, like, an example of why I don't want them to take away people helping people out. Because then you have this very funny moment where everyone is telling Nelson, like, dude, stop grabbing her. Let the momentum play out. Just guide her along the way. And for some reason, he just can't help himself. Every time uh, who he came swinging along, there's Nelson grabbing and stopping her, resetting and trying to start all over again. And everyone has just looked so exacerbated in the audience. Being like, what is this guy doing? It was really tough to watch. A complete complete disaster i do feel bad because i love nelson but i was rooting for tristan and kellyanne regardless because like we needed to see this like pay off um but yeah it was it was tough to get a dodo edit during the elimination is, is really rough yeah that's a rare that's a rarity um not great the fact that you only got the one when it just like fell out of the other team's hands um not not ideal 
for for Nelson and Ahui. So first to go, they were probably the the least likely team to win a final or get there and do all this stuff. So no no major threat off the board and kind of keeps the rest of the, the power dynamics in play going forward. Here's a tough question, especially given the circumstances, but we're asking this in the context of the challenge world. DTM says, I type this sadly, but Nelly T can never win, right? He just doesn't have the brain for puzzles and solving more complicated physical challenges. Can he learn that? Is there an example of someone who was like Nelly and then grew to be a champion? Sigh, it makes me sad. So this is going to be an extreme stretch, but Banana's always had the reputation of being very bad at puzzles. Like that was his thing. Like he couldn't do them. He was very bad at them. Um, he, He seemingly has gotten better at it. So I think you can get better at some puzzle and decision making. And like after Devin won, I think that opens the door up for other flawed people that can win the show based off partners and teams. So I wouldn't say he can never win. He did come very close. I think he finished second. That wasn't even that very far behind in Invasion when he almost won that season. So I, I definitely will not say he can never win. Um, although honestly, now with his, you know, unfortunately his horrible injury, his big skill set is his physical strength. And I don't know if that's going to really dampen that going forward. So I, that obviously remains to be seen. But um, just taking this current version of Nelson that we would have thought I, I you can't say he can never win no I'm not saying he can never win and I think Devin's a tough compare because I think the sort of strategic thinking and like you can practice puzzles but just sort of like this kind of thing like the, the taking your time looking at it thinking about it strategically that like Jordan West Bananas and Devin all have CT has it um like that can't be learned as much as you can run on a treadmill and get yourself in better physical yeah. shape. Like yeah. you, like Devin will never be in the physical shape that Nelson is in. Like that will never happen. Your body has its own limitations, but like in terms of the physical needed to win, you can work to, to that more than you can the like mental stuff, I think. Um, but with the right partner, like Norris was a great partner for Nelson, like the right team or the right partner. I just think Kuhui wasn't the right partner for him. I mean, this wasn't her fault, but like, Maybe where Nelson has to sort of be the captain of the team, I think is tough. Yeah. If Nelson had Tori as a partner, like Devin had Tori, could he win with Tori? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was on. I mean, it wasn't too long ago we were discussing a potential winner's edit for Nelson just last season. So, and I think you look at the structure of that final. I think if he has someone who could really have helped them do that puzzle that Bananas and Nani. Uh, failed and they were like he was the strength and he had someone helping him do that portion and then you look at the other stages of that Nelson I think like would have smashed those other stages so like that final would have kind of been the perfect scenario for Nelson to win so the the the, the situation is out there um, he just it, it needs the stars need to align he can't just like walk into a season and expect to win there needs to be some very specific things going right for him to to win a final and to really get there and, and do the whole nine yards some of the little social elements, uh, just to touch on quickly uh, before we wrap up here. So we found out, and I didn't know this because I didn't watch Australia, but Emily found love on her season with Ryan, and they were on a three-week trip, and now they're living together. And I had to go through this because she didn't say this on the show, but they flashed a picture of an engagement ring. So I took a little dive. And they got engaged March 6th of this year. So I think they retroactively like put a photo in, but that's why she's not saying it in the confessional that they're engaged because she was engaged when they filmed. Um, 
But it's kind of wild. So this guy, Ryan, was on Married at First Sight in Australia. So he was definitely motivated to get married. And he was going to be on a show called The Bachelors Australia, where they have three bachelors. But he got cut at the last minute. Uh, This is according to SoDramaticOnline.com, which is contrary to most people's belief, not the name of my blog. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, so he wouldn't have been on the challenge and he wouldn't have met Emily, who's not ma- who's now married to, if he was going to go do The Bachelors. Then I read about the outcome of The Bachelors and, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, The Challenge sometimes produces better romance than The Bachelor ever does, so, you know, good on them. Find love here. Uh, yeah, only one couple from The Bachelors. Spoiler alert, the couple that didn't get engaged on The Bachelors is the only couple still together. Real yeah. life, folks. Amazing. Um, Speaking of love, Kaz and Theo getting along. We have a little segment there. Are Kaz and Theo the next Cam and Leroy? They, they, it's giving similar vibes, right? Like they had a, a relationship. They went their separate ways. And the only reason they seemingly are even back talking to each other is because of this show. It seems like they have a very fun banter with each other. Um, Theo's, you know, like jokingly like, oh, I'm perfect. She was the one. She was doing all this stuff. Like, if, like if she was making it lighthearted. It wasn't like a serious thing or anything. Like they feel like they had good banter with each other. Um, I could see it if they both last long enough and, you know, their their teams start to work together. I could see, you know, there could be some fun, uh, fun wedding bells in the, in the in store for these two kids down the road. Are they single? I'm like not clear on their relationship status. I mean, I hope so after I just married them. So I hope they're both single. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Theo has a baby. I don't know the status of him and his um, the woman who's the mother of his child. I, I'm not quite sure. So. Well, more to come on that potentially. I'm just so glad Theo's back. He is so fun. I love the energy he has. He's just such a fun person to have on the show again, and uh, it is so it is so great to have him back on the uh, back on my TV. He's dead. Um, and then speaking of uh, lost love, just a quick note on Tori and Jordan, who just get a very quick like we're homies that ride together now, and we're in the best place we've ever been. Um, Caitlin G says, how nice is it to have Tori and Jordan on a season and not have them take up 80% of confessionals and storyline? Yeah, well, for now. I mean, I was a little getting a little worried that they even had the segment. I just hope that was like there. Okay, like for the people that just watch, you know, 38, like we're now in a good, much better place after that. We're we're in, we're happy with each other and all this other stuff. I I'm okay with that. I don't let's let's leave it be. Unless something some super traumatic happens during the show and you know it needs to be talked about, that's fine. But I really hope this is all we're really going to get from it. And we can kind of just move on and like them just now being like, you know, exes just living together. I'm optimistic because I think we got that segment in like the same way. If like, Oh, if, if you like the challenge Argentina and you're coming here, we have to tell you what happened here. Just like we need to know about Kaz and Theo. Cause we don't know about the UK. Like, right. So like, I think, if we needed to know that there's still drama, the storyline would have been like, Oh, we, we, you know, like we're still not in a good place. Like we'll see, you know, like that kind of thing. Instead, yep. they kind of close the loop. But what's really weird is they haven't told us anything about Naya and Jordan. So is that not going to matter? Are we not going to be in the same Narice Jordan triangle? Like the the Naya of it all is very strange. So the last time we saw Jordan and Naya, they had a lot of love for each other. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll that'll come out when the story deems it worthy. I feel like during this season, and we'll get some answers there. It is funny though because I was thinking to myself, like, imagine if you are a challenge CBS watcher only or one of the other franchises, 
and you're coming and like this you're like why is everyone so like freaked out about tori and jordan like they're fine like this is the only content right. you have about them yeah it'll be like watch yeah watching like any other show with like a i don't want to make another random pump reference so i'm gonna stop myself but yeah that it'll be something like that uh blessed um i have some general questions or we could wrap please. and i could save them for next week let's do one general and let's save the rest for next week okay so uh elizabeth in denver says is this a hot take i'd rather have a season of all the country people and no legends they have too much baggage and the newbies are really just their partners along for the ride i'd much rather have like six or eight people from each country and they all compete with people from their countries maybe i'm just over the jordan and tory story yeah i i mean i i understand that take and i think i've always been more of the mind i'd rather see people on these shows that i'm familiar with which is why like Something like the traders. I've always been less inclined to watch like the UK one where it's all new people. It's why it was hard for me to get into like the Australia or the Argentine and challenge one where if I don't have a connection to the people at all, it is very difficult for me to get into a show like this. Um, just completely blind. So for me, I like having some people I'm familiar with and then mixing in the new people. But I do think there is some fatigue with Tori and Casey and you know all these other people that have been on seasons now for three, four, five in a row. I understand the fatigue with some of these people. It's hard because I do think like it's what you advocated for in the format for episode one or episode zero that like at least we got to see one episode of what they would be doing without the the legends and like this does seem to be like a really dynamic, exciting cast of these new people. Like I like a lot of the people. But I do think if it was like brand new, like Challenge CBS, even though we know those people, like when I went to watch Australia or when I went to watch UK, I lost interest because like I do like having some familiar faces like you're saying. So I think if this was P plus War of the Worlds and it didn't have any of the legends, I would still watch it, but I wouldn't be as excited. And so I do think like we're in agreement that like I'd rather have some of Challenge legend people than none even if like you said there is some natural fatigue in that um but yeah i mean we'll see how it comes down i think that complaint is going to become more and more popular and less of a less hot less of a hot take if what you predicted happens which is just like the massive core alliance of casey tory wes john a and their partners or whoever else is wrapped up in that just get rid of you know, Amber's team, just, well, just Dean and Bananas are together. I mean, Tori didn't mention Bananas, so maybe Bananas. Like, mm-hmm. if we just see a big legend-driven alliance chipping off everybody else, I think that'll become a hotter, a colder take, a better yep. take, whatever. Agreed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finish how you start. Just right. scrambled. <laughs> you can subscribe to this at robswebsite.com slash challenge feed uh, episode four next week you can follow me on twitter at cohen brian underscore also on tiktok i gotta get back to doing tiktoks i feel like i've fallen off i gotta get back to it bad job by me um they can follow you at last tweets and check out the questions thread over there uh again great questions really awesome questions from the audience this week keep them coming and if you want to listen to new girl old guy we're gonna have an episode that comes out at the end of the week uh, so don't worry, it's coming uh, with special guest Mark Luskin. Rob, uh, Ooh, not Rob, so it's like anchor.fm slash new girl old guy. Amazing. We'll be back next week for episode four. Until then, have a good one. It's the recap of MTV.
Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.